the record, right? Cheers. We're on episode 13. This is actually episode 14, but just let us run with this for a minute. Of Off the Record with Nick and Trey. Um, Me and Trey are here in the studio. We've been working on some music, uh, talking about process, talking about uh, inspiration, and finding our place in this big fucking world. Just trying to make a mark, man. Um, Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed the last dozen episodes because we sure have enjoyed making them for you. And we're making a baker's dozen with this one. This is the baker's dozen episode. It's a special episode where we are just loafing around. (laughs) Trey, what's new with you this week? I got a a friend that came uh, back to Portland from New York. Um, She moved there like a couple... Like a year ago or something like that. I don't know. She's been there for a year and a half, maybe. Um, but she came into town and we kind of hung out a little bit. Uh, I hung out with her last night. Um, and we just kind of talked talked about stuff, how, how things are going for her. She's uh, starting a new job and it's going well for her, I think. And I think she's excited to, to move on to new stuff. That's and, cool. Um, I don't know. I think like... leading up to holiday season things are just kind of like you just write it out till the end of the year you know what I mean like you kind of focus more on like your personal life during those months I think like there's a lot of people going going back home for the holidays or or if they're already home like they're just kind of spending more family time together um that's cool um it's but it just seems like you're. It, it's a time to kind of let work be work and sort of focus on loved ones. Yeah, <laughs> loved ones, connecting with people, and just kind of being in community with people. I guess it's it's hard for me to even. It's November twentieth right now, so Thanksgiving's this week. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the holidays the holidays starts now like if you go to any grocery store christmas shit everywhere yeah it blows my mind that like and and maybe it shouldn't but it still does every year once thanksgiving happens you're already late everything you're like black friday you are behind in shopping for Christmas. Yeah. And I hate Christmas because it's so stressful. I think we've talked about this too. Yeah. It's like Christmas is supposed to be a moment of peace and celebration with your close loved ones to just enjoy the moment. And instead, it is a frenzy of capitalist mayhem. <laughs> right? Like... Yeah, Black Friday because the, the the crazy thing about Black Friday is that w- the minute it happens, you are then whether or not you buy anything. Most of the time, I don't out of like I just do it as a kind of a sign of of resentment towards the the nature of the of Black Friday. But yeah, you you are then surrounded by the the communication and the marketing of the the f- event the season the season 
Black Friday is not for you to find good deals on whatever the hell you want. It's for you to find good deals to buy for people. Because yeah. you have to buy for 40 people yeah. or something. Yeah. And then then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not participating because I think it's a terrible consumer habit. It's really gross. But then a week later, you're like, I literally have nothing for anybody. <laughs> And you stress yeah. you stress yeah. the shit out, and it's kind of tragic. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time in America um, from Thanksgiving. Well, even before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a ridiculous holiday, but it makes sense to me. Like the idea of it, you know, it used to be like that is the end of the harvest season, and you yeah. get to you have all this stock. That yeah. you get to like sort of enjoy. And that's that's something that kind of like, like anytime you get like a, a big fat paycheck and it's, you just got the paycheck, you're like, I'm going to buy myself a bottle of wine yeah. or like, I'm going to take myself out to dinner or whatever. Anytime that there's a, there's a supply your demands come in, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, like, you'll find it. You're like, you're like, Oh, I got tons of money. Like, I'm not worried. Like I can fucking buy whatever. And totally. that's like, Thanksgiving is like, that's like the seasonal, uh, celebration of that fucking concept. It's like, we got so much fucking everything. Let's celebrate with, by eating all of it. <laughs> it's about, it's about abundance, which yeah. is not bad in of itself. Yeah, because like the, the the mindset of abundance is good, but the <laughs> in modern America it's gross. It can be gross. There is a lot of because well, people here. people expect abundance. That's the problem. Mm. Like if you go down any grocery store's uh, holiday aisle for Thanksgiving, like Fred Meyer here in Portland has a whole aisle dedicated to Thanksgiving, and so the whole aisle is filled with. It's like it's like three or four shelves of the exact same stuffing. Yeah. yeah. Which stuffing in of itself, I will say that stuffing, like not eating, I don't eat turkey. I don't fuck with that shit. I think turkey is stupid and terrible. But I love stuffing. And seeing rows of stuffing, despite me loving stuffing, makes me nauseous because it's so basic. It's... It's it's like seeing rows of potatoes, or rows of stuffed potato. Uh, not stuffed potatoes. What are they called? Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Mashed potato mix in the box, which I also don't mind. The cheesy potatoes, the potatoes and chives, potatoes au gratin, au gratin, gratin. What have grat gratin gratin uh, au gratin? This is America. Yeah, this is this is America. We call it au gratin, au gratin. Yeah, whatever. I love all those. Um, but it's like, if there were three three whole shelves of of black pepper seasoning. Just because everybody Just because the three whole shelves stocked to the back of each shelf, it seems like a lot of pepper. <laughs> and so having that with stuffing and au gratin potatoes feels excessive. But Thanksgiving is the season of excessive... The whole season, the whole holiday season is actually all about excessive uh, cons- consumerism or abundance. Abundance. It started out as, as uh, a, a, 
a blessed abundance. Like, thank goodness that we made it through a whole year of pr- productivity, and now we get to enjoy the fruits of our labors with a feast. Sure. Which, or with a couple of feasts. But that's not, <laughs> that's not what it is now. Now um, it's like... Well, well, here's a question, okay? I, I recently heard on a YouTube video, maybe this is my ignorance, uh, that, that sees this as interesting and weird, but um, Canada has its own Thanksgiving. Our, so America's Thanksgiving is the origins loosely tied to the, the uh, survival of the British pilgrims that survived winter here in the in the thanks, cra- yeah. in the crazy Americas. Yeah, thanks to the expertise of the people that lived here. It, who we yeah, who we I think at the time we had yet to slaughter completely, <laughs> which is not great. And so the Native Americans literally did help us with food. We survived the concept is it the pilgrims? Like in school, you put you literally you. We designed pilgrim garb, and right like in yeah. elementary school, you draw turkey with like the imprint you, of your yeah, hand. Turkey with your hand. You do the black and the buckle on the belt, and you yeah. dress up as pilgrims and Indians, and you enjoy the feast of Thanksgiving, celebrating that you sur- survived. So, what do you think the Thanksgiving from Canada is? derived from do you think it's inspired by the thanksgiving from america i i don't know i mean, i think we should look it up in a second we should i think i don't think it's like the same imagery because image i i i think I, I think back in those days the the settlers in canada were french they were not british puritans the raging you know I mean? cajuns the rain the raging cajuns <laughs> i don't know um, so I, I, I doubt that there'd be any of that aspect of it, but sure. I'm, sh- I mean, there are like first, like, is they call them first nation people, the natives of that, that region, right? Sure. I don't know. I think that's I'm what not sure. But I'm, I'm sure that that's a, I mean, they were there, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I, f- I feel like maybe it's it's a similar situation where it's like the end of a harvest season where you sort of do a, a thing. We're going to find out. Nick's got the Wikipedia so, page up. It, it was founded in uh, Thanksgiving in Canada was officially celebrated as an annual holiday, November 6th, 1879, um, or, or the 3rd. Was it the third Monday in October? So it's kind of like Easter. It's like whatever day. It's, it's got to be on a Sunday. This one's got to be on a Monday. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was English people, though. It wasn't French people. It, it's all interesting. Um, so they do it earlier in in October. And they celebrate football. Yeah. So just in, like we in do. the U.S., we tie it directly. The U.S. was founded in since 1789, on and off. So we're the original, <laughs> the original Thanksgivers. 
Uh, we give so much thanks. We give. We are the. We give so much thanks. We're pros at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and Abraham Lincoln actually made it a federal holiday in 1863 during the American Civil War, which is the perfect time to celebrate and embrace giving thanks because all of us were killing each other. It's perfect. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Thanksgiving's really interesting because nowadays, what is it? Football. Turkey. Turkey, football. Uh, Stuffing your fat face. It's, yeah, it's, it, I don't, I, like, I, the problem with the, maybe American culture is that we've given up on the concept, the, the true concept, and instead embraced just the the, the, the abundance. Indulgence. The indulgence. Not Indulge, the abundance. It, yeah, the indulgence is the word. Um, we just indulge in whatever. And it's like for Thanksgiving, it's, there's always your drunk uncle who says the racist things that you don't, you're not proud of. And then at Christmas and and at at Thanksgiving, you're stuffing your face and drinking whatever. And you take a, is there a drink for Thanksgiving that's traditional? No. No, it's not, I don't know. Cider? No. No. I mean, my family always had sparkling cider for kids and then... For Thanksgiving? Yeah, and then champagne and wine for adults. So so during Christmas for us, we always had the Martinelli's. The Martinelli's. The Martinelli's. Because f- my parents don't drink. Yeah. But uh, but then Christmas is known for the, the eggnog. You spike yeah. the eggnog and then people get... Uncle, Uncle Racist gets crazy. <laughs> I don't have that racist uncle, I don't think, but... I never know. Some some people do, <laughs> yeah. and you know who you are, and and you know who they are. <laughs> I actually saw a meme that was talking about the the your the racist uncle yeah. at any party. It's like, well, my racist uncle's coming. It's like, do you think that that the racist uncle ever thinks when he's coming to a family event that his like whatever progressive or or non-racist <laughs> nephews there or, or nieces <laughs> i'm going to this party with my my non-hateful nieces <laughs> and nephews oh it's my gonna nephew. be so irritating <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> and i think that that right there defines a state of mind that's like if 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 they were thinking that maybe there is a a uh Mutual, weird conflict of mind. But because nobody ever thinks that, only people only think, oh, God, I have a family event. My racist uncle is going to get wasted and yell racial slurs. It's like, that's because he's a fucking loser. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have a racist uncle. Me neither. But I'm, and I'm proud of that. I'm yeah. actually very proud of my... Families, yeah. Beliefs. I'm a, I, I'm a family who, if they drink too much, they just fall asleep for the rest of the day, That's and then they go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you literally don't have to. Hang Pretty, out crazy. Pretty crazy. Pretty <laughs> crazy. I appreciate it when older people drink and fall asleep because they do it so quickly. I know. As soon as it kicks in, it's like me when I smoke weed. Yeah. As soon as I feel it, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I am now in bed. I'm getting my pajamas on. <laughs> I can't hang out. They could be like nine at night with a group of people, and that's what will happen. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm too far. Yeah. 
I'm too deep. That's Anyways, um, so going back to the con- the concept of the holiday season is started out as a celebration of abundance and um, being fortunate with your um, productive year. And it's now a indulgent um, mess. Indulgent land grab or plate grab yeah. for just one moment yeah. of, of uh, kind of selfish indulgence. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like everybody kind of feels that way a little bit. You know, even people who are really into the holidays, even people who are like, really, they're the ones standing in line for Black Friday. I think there's a little hint, some like in everybody, of like, this is not pr- probably how it's supposed to be, but this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? I do. Charlie Brown knew about it. There's a whole special about it. Charlie Brown did know. Well, he didn't know. Linus knew. The whole special kind of goes through it all. I know. Charlie Brown wants to know, and that's the plot. If you haven't seen the Charlie Brown Christmas, whatever, um, that's the whole thing. Anyways, um, so you were telling me about all the shit that you've been doing Sure. To prepare yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for the indulgent holiday of Black Friday. So if you, I'm in, I'm in marketing and advertising. So the, in preparation for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you have to, you, you know, it's an opportunity to connect with for my clients, for them to connect with uh, their consumers, which is I see the value, especially when it's local, a local company hyping local goods. Yeah, you have to there's still like a lot of marketing planning and production to make the stuff to make alive, which is really tough. And, and the list of things that need to be done, need to be the list of things that need to be done is so long because you don't really know when you've done enough until it's over. So uh, like smaller companies, a lot of times they'll, they'll, or we will, uh, plan for anything and post everything across the websites or blogs or emails and newsletters and social media because you want the you want to have your finger in every part of your the visibility of the season uh, and it's really it's difficult to tell what you need and what you just think you need yeah um so that's what I've been dealing with. Yeah. So it's like difficult to prioritize. Like what's most important? What should I not be wasting my time doing because it's not going to produce anything? Yeah. And it's hard to tell until you have analytics, really. Like if you don't have data from the year before, you don't really know where to avoid wasting your time. Yeah. And a lot of young companies don't have that data. Yeah. So we are prepping across the board in ways that are we think are really thoughtful and and valuable but in a week and a half we or week we might think or see that it that 80% of those efforts might be might have been wasted yeah 
But it doesn't really matter in the long run because you're doing something, you're gathering data, you're earning some value from that. And you don't get that that data unless you do it once. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how the season's turning. That's interesting. And I, I kind of... I kind of talked about this before. I I can't believe I'm going back to it, but analytics are like my nightmare because you put analytics and you, you, you package it in a nice little neat organized, uh, charts and graphs and like it works and it, it shows trends and all that stuff. And you just put it and you give it to somebody who's like a complete amateur in understanding what all that means or like how to even act on it. And you're just to clarify, you're talking about analytics from a platform from a platform. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause Trey, Trey, Trey works at Squarespace. I work at Squarespace and we have analytics, but we also, um, support Google analytics, Facebook analytics. There's a lot of data out there that we have sort of a responsibility to report to our users. And, um, what I've found is that there's a lot of, uh, (laughs) a lot of nitpicking and like hyper focus on discrepancies in the data when the focus should be on, okay, it's a broad picture of your, of your visitors or your users or your, your engagement. It's a broad picture. Yeah. What have you done based on the broad picture, like, and like people, like people who don't understand how to use analytics or how to, um, respond to analytics will typically just focus on the numbers and how they might not be accurate. Like how many, how many people have visited my website over the past three months? And they look at it and they're like, that doesn't seem right. And I get to talk to those people, uh, frequently. And it, it, I'm not like analytics is a, is a hard game because there's a lot of variables out there. So it's like, there's people that don't want to be tracked. So they have a bunch of browser extensions to keep people from tracking them. There's people that have bad internet connections. So it looks like there's more people than there are because yeah. the, the connection keeps going out or whatever. People are browsing on their mobile device and they go in an area where they don't have any coverage and then they're back on the site. There's all kinds of variables out there. There's like chaos out there. And then we make it nice and neat and in a nice little chart to where you can see like, Hey, over the past few months you had probably not enough visitors <laughs> To merit uh, anything. (laughs) And people like to argue about the data instead of saying like, well, maybe, maybe it's this many people that came to your website. Maybe it's more, but still nobody clicked on your link to buy the product. Yeah. So what are you going to do about that? Like, what are you doing to make sure that people click the button to buy your product? Like that's where you should be focusing. Don't focus on the numbers. The numbers are just a tool. It's not the end all be all of like how successful you are. It's a tool to show you how you can respond to how people are engaging with whatever you're trying to put or, out there for them. Or even before that, the tools, the the data 
is a tool to tell you how you did respond. It's yeah. not how you should respond. It's yeah. it's how did you do, not how yeah. how should you do. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like, a window. Like, look, you 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 your conversion rate is low, and your tra- traffic rate is low, which means you failed on both of those parts. Yeah, <laughs> your your content is not is not engaging or. Uh, driving to conversion and you also don't drive traffic to the site. Yeah. If you if you wrote a blog post that was extremely successful back in March and you haven't really had the same amount of traffic as you did back in March, maybe you should look at that blog post and see what was so good about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Or see how you shared it online like in on social media or whatever. Like what happened with that post? that drove so much traffic to your site. Yeah. And that, and, but I think that that alone is such a complex conversation to have. It's easier to just blame the product. Well, it is. But, but I, I would say that the complex conversation that you, whoever it is that you, the, the site owner has to have with themselves is that like, okay, since March, I have not created content that is valuable. You know, and then like, I'm trying to sell something. I hope, I hope they are. And if they're complaining about analytics and they're not selling anything, then they're, they just have too much time. Cause it's like people, like my analytics are fucked up. What are you selling? What are you, you're not getting sales? Like, no, I don't do sales. It's like, then what do you, what are you worried what about? What does it matter? <laughs> you you don't have fans and you're not making sales. It's like, but I don't care. You shouldn't care either. But uh, that's a hard conversation to have. It's like, okay, like I did a post and, and I've seen this a lot. I did something really successfully. Now I have to follow that up with something as successful. And a lot of creators <clears throat> will create like a video or a, even a photos on Instagram or blog posts, wherever. And they, once you do one thing really successfully, you freeze and you, you kind of, uh, you're paralyzed by the fear of doing the next thing, not as successfully. And on, on YouTube in particular, if you do one video that does really well, they will then give you a ton of views for the next video. So that puts a lot of pressure on you to do a really good video. Because then if that video sucks and people, all these views that they're now like, well, in the next video, we're going to give more organic views. And then people watch it and people dip out immediately because it's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, well, you you had the opportunity and you didn't take it. Yeah. But yeah, and you you see that sometimes where there's like a viral video that that goes around and everybody fucking loves it, and then the next video you see from that person it's like the same thing but different, and it's not but as not good. different enough, and it's you're now you're self aware, so it's kind of awkward, and you're like, oh, it was good the first time, but when you try and do it again, it's not. But that but that's why they try to do it again is because they they all they want is to get. A positive response yeah and they're like well i haven't gotten the positive response until that one so now what do i do people must really like that so i'll just yeah. keep doing that that's where it breaks down though is because the the success of your thing is because it's a it's a it's a new thing that nobody's 
seen or like sure even if it's something that somebody's seen before it's like there's a freshness it's a freshness yeah and people get bored easily with things you can't seen post, before. you can't post two things of the same level of freshness no or especially the same category yeah uh so it, it is yeah. it is a tough game to like look, look and see what your engagement looks like and then yeah it's like you have to you have to follow it up with something or you could just go at a steady pace. You don't have to have well, those huge spikes. Just well, make sure that people see you. And you gotta you gotta think about it like this. This is this is related to music and us and creation in general of content creators. Is that <clears throat> you if I'm assuming that you're we we that we as a group are already making stuff. We are already producing music, Trey. We're already planning videos. I'm already making all this video content. It's like we're doing our thing. The thing we're doing is a pattern that we're doing as regularly or frequently as we can. Okay? That's the part of your life you're just doing. It just so happens that one moment in that pattern, boom, boom, I'm posting daily content. Boom, boom, boom. One of them spikes. For what reason? I don't know. Maybe I put a fucking twist, a color. Maybe we we threw a song online that had a dope little symbol. It doesn't matter. Like literally, it could be as simple as a snare snap that's just perfectly timed for when they hear it, they love it, and it's just perfect. We can't tell why. We cannot tell as a group. Can't tell why something worked, but we can tell that we made it. Yeah. We do know that. Yeah. So so the key to that in in my perspective and and from the stuff I've read is that just keep doing what you do because you're on the right path. Don't shift your path to try to fuck Figure out what that little thing was. Yeah. Because if it was as simple as a, one snare sounded perfect in the timing that everyone heard it, then all you get, all, you're searching for a needle in a haystack. For and, sure. And it's almost impossible to, to narrow that down. And that's that's exactly what I was like trying to say. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to say. It's like a steady pace of good stuff that you put everything you have into yeah this the spikes just raise the baseline so like you 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 have no exposure at all you get a little spike some engagement from people who are engaging with your content or whatever now that meant that many more people know about it and so the baseline from you don't go back down to no engagement or maybe you do if it if you're just but usually you've established some more yeah if your content is good and you are just keep going keep going and keep at a steady pace producing content putting it out doing what you think is worth engaging with but what I think it's what you think is you if you just keep doing yeah Keep being you. Yeah, but the spikes, the spikes in in um, exposure, they they sort of raise the raise the bar a little bit to where you just have more people aware of you. So don't like. I guess what I'm trying to say is like don't 
don't be obsessed with it with reacting to the spikes because the spikes are unpredictable. What's predictable is you being consistent with what you're trying to create and sharing it at a rate where people can, um, people can find it and people can enjoy it and consume it and consume it. And the regularity of your content is more valuable than, than whatever that spike had to offer. Yeah. Uh, I will say also that there are people who, who make content. You might notice this. They make content based on the spikes of culture. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, cool, culturally on YouTube or on SoundCloud there or whatever, there's this huge spike in this type of music. Yeah. So what do we do? We're not going to do what we do. We're going to do what needs to be done for culture. Yeah. So then they invest their time in producing work for the spike. And I think that, that, uh, for the sake of popularity, that might be fine, but none of that is tied to the, to your soul. And that's what kills me is that I see all these people doing music or videos or photos that are cool for the culture, for to tie to the culture, but they're, they disregard themselves. There's no identity to fall back on. Exactly. And so in the end of the day, what do you have? If everything falls to shit, who are you? What is your expression? Your expression is a reflection of what's popular and that's it. Of the spikes. If the spikes, what the fuck? That's lame. And that's that's kind of a <clears throat> to me that's a waste of your energy and and your time in life. Yeah. Even if you spend a year doing that, you might get a ton of followers. Good for fucking you. But you are you. You are not the spike. You are not the the things you've been ripping off for the past year. So you are at. So what are you going to do next? If you if you decide to transition into your own music, your own video, your own photos. Do you you can't compete at that point because you've established yourself as the the spike level. It's like you are now you are not good enough for your own profiles online. You are and nobody is because you're just following the hits. It just doesn't work. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a good there's a good metaphor that I just thought of about this. It's like it's like a surf a surfer who's out out in the out in the water right when i don't i've never really surfed i've done some like bodyboarding or whatever or whatever i've spent some time in the ocean but i'm not <laughs> a surfer but i i do i like to watch surfing videos cuz they're they're fun to but I, yeah. I don't know there's there's a there's a weird like um reverence i have for the ocean so like those videos with like the huge waves yeah like, they're dope they make me they make me sweat a little bit because it's just like kind of terrifying. Anyways, I'm not a surfer, but I do I do know that like when when you're out surfing, what you're tr- what you're most of the time you spend is is waiting for the right moment and waiting for the right wave. And in in this context, like the the spikes or the or the 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 unpredictable nature of how people in like engage with you and what you're making 
is like the ocean. It's it's unpredictable. It's a, a mess of chaotic variables that you can't predict and you can't expect. So, like, a surfer that's out in the water waiting for, like, a good wave, right? Maybe Maybe a good wave comes along, but, like, you're not prepared for it, so it kind of passes you by. But there's still more waves coming, right? Just as long as they stay where they're at or, like, position themselves and prepare themselves... For that moment when the wave hits and they catch the wave and it it is a successful moment, it doesn't matter what the the unpredictable wave like ocean has done, like or or how it's acting, or like what it gives you. What matters is that you are prepared for the moment where you can ride the wave. Yeah. And where you can take take that moment and make the best of it because you were prepared with your skill and whatever to, to be like, okay, this, this is happening and I know what to do or like, I know what I want. So I don't know. That's just a metaphor I came up with that. But what I, what I like about the wave metaphor is that, um, uh, writing the, the spikes is like, is the same as representing your, your surfer, uh, career or whatever the fuck your surfer experience would be with all, with always ha- hitting the best wave Yeah, or, or always hitting the wave in the best way. Yeah. Um, and it's just not realistic and nobody expects that of when you're out there surfing, nobody expects you to hit every wave perfectly. Yeah. But if you represent yourself that way, you've you've set yourself up for cultural failure because once you don't hit the spike, it's like, well, what what, what are you not like what happened? Like yeah. you're fa- now you're failing by not doing anything. Yeah. It's like you should only fail if you do something wrong, not if you don't do something <laughs> right. Like that's, yeah. that's unfair to, to be measured against that. Um, yeah. so I like that. Yeah. Uh, so to tie that into music, <clears throat> you know, we, we write a lot, we write a lot of lyrics. We write a lot of progressions and core and, or core progressions and leads and, and, uh, I don't know where you, the listener, which we appreciate that you're listening. I don't know where you're at as a writer, but for us, we are at the point where we are confident with the way we write and the, and uh, we are confident that we can trans- translate that into a song that matches the emotion, emotive qualities of what we're writing. But... Uh, a lot of times we have, we have, or I at least have the challenge and, and it's a true challenge that I have a hard time getting over of taking my concepts or taking the progressions and the lyrics and putting them down and recording them, getting them into Logic Pro and uh, pushing them as far as I can. And it's in a, it ends up in a place where I absolutely can see 
where or how I've gotten there. And sometimes where I've gotten is not the coolest place. It just is my place. And, and, uh, then, uh, like we did today, me and Trey sit down and we listen to some tracks that are dope as fuck. And then we think to ourselves, what, why, or how come we don't make music like these dope tracks? And it's a, it's a real, everybody does this. Everybody listens to a track and they're like, holy shit, why didn't I make something like this? Or how, how can I make something like this? That's the question. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's a big challenge for us. I think it's interesting because this, this sort of, this sort of reminds me of the wave thing where it's like, how many songs have we started and abandoned because they didn't, they didn't fit right, but we still made it. We still made something. We still started something, but the, the songs that go on the album are the waves, the waves that we catch that everything, everything like connects in a way where it becomes a complete thought or a complete um, concept, right? Yeah. So it's like when you listen to a dope track on Spotify, what you're hearing is somebody's the peak. ideal situation <laughs> where they had a spark of inspiration and a little bit of luck to make something and to finish super to finish interesting. Something. Yes, interesting enough that they were able to write it until the end to a, a, a final product. That sounds fucking dope. And that's something to be proud of. But we as musicians need to, to remind ourselves that when we hear something, it's because it's the best that, that we're hearing from that artist. And, and that raises the question. I think that's totally true. We don't hear the stuff that they never finished. We don't hear the stuff that sucks. Which when you hear, uh, like I've listened to some people, some pals of mine, uh, um, they're producers, they're like DJ producers. They have a ton of tracks, a a metric shit ton of unfinished tracks, which I think is really great. The more you write, the better you get. Uh, So understanding that like the track, a couple tracks we listened to today were instrumental. Some of them had had vocals, which I appreciate. Um, like I, I, it always makes me interested to think in when I'm comparing myself to their finished tracks that they probably have a hundred behind it that weren't finished. Like the comparison for me is less about, it's less about ability or it's, it's literally like if we're writing waves over here or if I'm writing waves over here, they are, they're literally on the, on, in Hawaii writing big waves. And I don't understand how to get there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's like their, their hundred tracks of unreleased are probably fine. And this one is dope, uh, for these people we were listening to, but <clears throat> like how, how come my unreleased don't 
Like my re- our release tracks don't sound anything like they're unreleased, probably. Yeah. Like it's like a different. They're in a different le- league of or genre league of making music, which is kind of disheartening, maybe. Um, but that kind of leads me into like, okay, when you're when you're <clears throat> when we are putting together music. Like it's easy to put down the the let's say lyrics. Lyrics are easy because when there's if there's a concept, I think it's really easy to uh, put it together into a recorded part. If you have a melody, that's even better because you're kind of honing it down into further into the idea, um, which maybe you should be flexible about. But and then you have a lyrical mel- melodic section of a song. If, let's imagine that's all you have and you were able to record that with no other <laughs> instrument somehow <laughs> some melody uh like then then we start building and and um we're inspired by all these tracks that are so dope and so we just we start throwing tracks down like We've got the, let's say we've just got this perfectly recorded melodic vocal. We're going to throw down a a beat. Cool. We're going to throw down a beat. We got to spend some time composing this beat that feels right. We got a bass line to that. Get stuck on the bass. We got, Lord knows, we're going to get stuck on the bass. And then we throw down the synth to accent those. We don't want to overpower anything. And then we want to throw in some, uh, uh, sequenced or arpeggiated or just lead synth in there to add a little sparkle, a little twist, a little pe- salt and pepper. And then we throw that in. And then uh, the song's starting to sound like something. Now, mind you, we have yet to shape the vocals of the track. And this is something that we were talking about today that that maybe we don't push far enough. And that's okay. We can talk about this. Maybe we don't push our vocals far enough to where they are abstracted into the the context of an abstract song. Yeah. Uh, but you got all this stuff down is sounding okay. Then you're you're not reaching that point still of whatever you heard, what whoever you're basing this on, the peak, the wave. So then we add more vocals, and we add h- harmony synths. Then we add bass flourishes. Then we add drum flourishes. And then, then seven layers of background vocals that are all washed out and airy and just... Seven layers of background vocals and seven layers of hell. <laughs> we are now fucking deep in this thing. And we hear how dope this thing is. And it is still like 14 miles from the big wave of this track that we were basing it on like how much have we invested and into this con into the sound concept not the concept of the song and maybe this is the differentiation is that we're investing in the sound concept so much to try to make something that is as good as whoever but maybe in and we're not getting there but instead, maybe we should just... The concept of the song is more valuable. Yeah. 
a dope instrumental per DJ producer track is great. But that is not maybe the thing that people are going to be singing to themselves on their commute home. Maybe, and that's not the thing that sells albums. Yeah, That's the thing that moves dance floors but doesn't sell albums and connect with people at a deeper level. Yeah, it taps feet. <laughs> and, and the singer-songwriter genre is a real thing because if you have a guitar, if Jack Johnson can jump on his guitar and sing some freaking... <laughs> if he can jump on his guitar and sing a beachy wave surfer vibe tune, if that's all it takes to sell fucking millions of albums, or, or I don't know how many Jack Johnson sold, but he's sold a ton. Like, he is talented. He is talented. But it is just... Like it's singer songwriter. It's yeah. guitar singy dude music. Yeah, which is okay. Uh, but uh, and this is maybe where you need to you need to establish an uh, under an understanding that you're you are not in this to market. You're in this to make your thing, and so if you're watching the wave then you're already distracted from your thing. Because Jack Johnson vibe was hot as shit in 2000, 2008, whatever. But you're not making, you as creators, we're not making something to ride the wave. We're making something to start something or establish something new to express our own wave. Shit, dude. You just wrapped it. You just wrapped back around to the YouTube thing because what you just said, like what you just explained was like when you, when you're trying to match the dope music that you're listening to, maybe that's not who you are. Maybe that's not your identity. And instead what you should do is be true to the the concept of what you're making instead of trying to, to match the sound of something rad that you heard totally. that may not be appropriate for what you're making. And what you just, what you just said, like it, that sort of goes back to that same concept where when you, when, when you're super inspired by artists that may not be doing what you're trying to do, but then you try to do what they're trying to do or what they're doing. Yeah. You're losing your identity as, as an artist because you're chasing somebody else's sound. Sure. Which which I think is so I love the purity of that. There's a there's a difference between taking inspiration and and learning from other artists and mimicking and trying to form your sound off of that. And that's something that we need to like we need everybody needs to be conscious of is like if you're chasing to be somebody's or to do what other people are doing without having a baseline of of what you're doing to fall back on you're just chasing waves yeah yes and chasing waves chase the waves no chasing waves will only get you it's a fucking flash in the pan and 
if you want to live your life as a creator, you can't be sustained by that. And I think that if you make consistent your style, your avenue of creation for 20 years, over that 20 years, you are going to uh, build a community that it, that believes in what you're doing because you're you are doing you, and but if you do the flash in the pan thing, you're gonna get boom. Okay, cool. Five hundred followers here. You'll lose maybe two hundred of those because you'll switch it over in the next fucking six months. Then you're gonna do something else. Cool. I'm gonna do fucking uh, electro hip hop this month, and in three or four months from now, I'm gonna do some super gritty grimy trap music and then i'm gonna do some dope reggaeton on this month it's like you're you're missing the point if you want to practice then that's okay it it is okay to just practice uh uh the creative process that's okay but don't claim it as you just just do that just be the you can call yourself the fucking wave rider fucking uh, trend follower. <laughs> you're not a trend setter. You're a trend follower. And But just maybe be you. But the, that lead, the, the whole thing leads me to another question that's... Um, okay, so if we're following our thing and we that is what the, the storytelling that we do is right, how do, how do we shift to do cooler, the, the stuff we think is really cool without feeling like we're departing or, or fighting against our natural flow. Because I, I, that's, the, that's the challenge for me, is that I want to make cooler shit, but I have a, that's a hard ask. It's, I mean, Jack Johnson's a perfect example. If Jack Johnson thought a fucking Skrillex song, for example, that's like, is great. Jack Johnson can't quite do that on his guitar. Yeah. So he's got to, he's got to do something different. Um, so how, how does Jack Johnson proceed in his, in his uh, exploration of his own career <clears throat> without losing himself if he wants to move into into that style of uh not even that not even skrillex style but towards that motion you know of well creation that example is is not quite fair because the kind of music that we listen to to get inspired is more or less in our genre it's just that people are doing it a little differently than we're doing sure that so you're, you're right a more fair example i would say is like what if jack johnson listened to i don't know fucking what if jack johnson listened to john mayer and really appreciated the way that he plays blues guitar and decided that i'm gonna do instead of like acoustic jammy song beach vibes yeah, I'm, gonna, to I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get i'm gonna get a little bit more into jazz gu- like blues guitar play, finger, finger play electric on this one song sure i just want to do like some electric blues riffs 
and it'll fit this way with the way that I'm singing. It's not. So it's, it's a not little, such of a departure. It's a little closer in. It's a little bit off the off the road a little bit for maybe what he's used to doing, but it's close enough that he's he's not only learning something new and challenging himself to to think outside of his typical process, but he's also incorporating something else that inspired him to change just slightly from what he's been doing to express a different way. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that's kind of the key is like, there's a fine line between who, who you're inspired by that, that is appropriate for who you can um, learn from and, and grow from. And who is a little bit outside of your realm that might be not worth pursuing so much. Like, or at least, at least if you're going to pursue that, you could break off, try something new separately. Yeah. Like that, that track we listened to before that gritty bass, bass music from EPROM. I would never like think to like, we should do a song like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's electronic music and it's a dope beat. It's a dope track, but that's not something I'd waste my time learning how to do. Because it's just not, I don't think it fits into my my goals as a creative no. artist. So, like, that's, a, that's an extreme example in the electronic music realm where I would not go that far to pull inspiration from that musician. Although I do appreciate that sound yeah. because it's interesting to me. And maybe there is something I can pull from that. Some, some, but it's well, not. There's definitely some dissonance that we could use. Exactly, but we but that's would the not thing. do the same thing. Yeah. So I think as long as you are confident in what you're doing and you're confident in your direction and your process, pulling inspiration and trying new things and learning is what enhances that and pushes you further in into that groove. So like the 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 you listen to that dope track and it's like I really like these things about that and how, how can I learn to, what, what can I learn to create that sound? And even if you don't end up using that sound, like we were talking about the vocal thing, if we found a way to make the vocals sound a certain, like a certain way, like we've heard on another track of a different artist, that is more, that's more experience for us to, use it in an appropriate setting for our own shit. Yeah. So it's like, even if you, you know, you start a song where you're like, I kind of want it to sound like the song that I heard, or I kind of want to like try it out and like figure out how to do that. You might not use that project. You might abandon it, but you still thought about Mm -hmm. it and you still went through the process of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. You can then like when that wave hits and you're, you're, you're in the grind working on this 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 song that is you and that is that is your expression it comes back and you're like oh i've already done this and i know how to do what i'm thinking of and it's appropriate for this song because it i i I heard the potential of using that technique or that skill that i learned on that trash song that i wrote months ago that we never touched i can now apply that here and use those, use those things that I learned to put it into this context instead of trying to chase 
what that person was doing. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I think that uh, as creators, we just have to, you have to understand it's not the, it's not the, what you've come from or who, or what type of music we're making. It's it, for us, it's the, it's the, why are you making music? And the waves of whatever lack why and for us like we write music for a purpose and we're writing towards a fucking theme that is bigger bigger than the purpose or 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 it expands our purpose i guess i'll say so we're writing these these songs and these epics that are that just go on and on that is that is more meaningful than a lot of the mainstream music that comes out. I think there is some there is some music like I know Twenty One Pilots has an ongoing story that they are following, which I appreciate. Their style, Twenty One Pilots, your style is great. Uh, it's not quite our style, but that's I I see the value in it. But if you're if um, if you understand why you make why you're making the mu- the music you're making not just why do you like making music i like making music because it makes me feel good it's like fuck that that's of course it does <laughs> we're we're all fucking creators the the why is like me and Trey are making music because we're tr- we're trying to find the it, 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 i think loosely we're trying to 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 pinpoint the purpose of our existence and we're trying to, to define a story that focuses on the meaning of staying alive and, and the value in life as a whole and, and, and life in a community. Like that's a fucking stupid esoteric uh, kind of big value idea. That's why we write songs about it instead. Exactly. It's because if you talk about it, you sound like a freaking crazy person. But the, but we've talked enough about escaping the issues in reality or in, in, in this world. So now it's time for, for us to talk about embracing this world and, and, and becoming and developing a community that embraces something more. And that, we, that that is the value. That, that, that'll, that is enough of a purpose in your music, in our music, that we feel like we can keep writing like a storyline can it, that's what's great about if you do uh, concept albums is that yes yeah, storyline will get you started because a storyline whether or not you understand it it's based on values you can't have a storyline without values and if the storyline is going to continue you have to understand how values shift because uh, that's how story, stories work uh, the, the the motivation of somebody shifts as the story changes. And so like our storyline has shifted and now some, somehow it's it's gone. Maybe it's just followed us. Maybe that's it. That's gone from like a motivation of escapism to now a motivation of embracism. Ext- extreme um, <laughs> devotion to the human species. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like, 
be willing to understand the shift of of motivation and that motivation is your purpose and that is why we write music to we are going to write music period and what it's about is fluid we would much we are much more inspired by writing about what we care about this is something we care about and we believe in because we've invested so much into it um, and we believe it so here we are we understand the purpose follow the purpose the uh, the waves of of like I mean come on the waves of pop culture come and go think about the the artists that have just come and disappeared like like I don't think of them that's yeah the exactly <laughs> that's the problem you don't think of them because you thought you heard them four times you maybe heard you heard them 40 times during two months on the radio and then they were gone they were just like a like a fucking whisper in the breeze just just floated off into nothingness like what happened to, to people like Jason Derulo <laughs> You know, but but He's his still around, but, but, I that, but his song anything. his song was on the wed that wedding hit YouTube video yeah where they danced down the aisle oh, wait like, no that's Chris Brown was oh it? no you're right that was Chris Brown He's still Jason Derulo did the did the solo he did it, yeah the, the solo song but who the fuck knows where he is Chris and Chris Brown it's like <laughs> you don't want a wave you don't want to ride the wave he's riding a wave of shame he, he should be. <laughs> Because he's a piece of shit and he should be in jail. It's like you don't want to ride the wave if you're, as an individual, not ready for the standards of civilization. <laughs> you can't be a turd and jump into the, the limelight because they're going to see all your juicy corn and peanut filled corners. <laughs> and now you're a public turd. But, uh, yeah, so here we are. Um, yeah, follow, stick, find your, find your freaking, find the purpose, find the, uh, the motivation. I think that that's, hey, but, but, and the, the whole, this whole thing started with like investing in trying to find the sound that you would like to be a part of. And, and it's easy to, to, to invest in trying to put more and more into the sound that you've got to try to make it sound like something that you like and not not something that you've got. <laughs> not the sound you've got, but the sound you... Uh, the, the, the grass on the other side of the fence, which is always greener. Um, and adding more doesn't mean that you're going to be more successful. It what what's the success is driven by the heart of it all, and the consistency and the persistence of your release. Maybe we've kind of shifted through this whole thing. I guess to sum it up, I'd say like it's okay to draw influence from the the things that inspire you definitely but it's not okay to let your influence define you or distract you yes yeah i agree because well i mean who the fuck isn't influenced 
We're Everyone, all influenced. That's what that's what my whole solo podcast is about. Yeah. Your your identity is a mess of influence. Um so yeah, take the influence, use the influence, learn from it. Don't let it define you though. Let let yourself concoct a unique identity out of what influences you and dig your heels into that and don't wait for wait for the right waves <laughs> you know yeah. don't chase the waves don't chase the waves be ready for the the waves that you you're waiting for i, I don't know i don't like that i don't like that <clears throat> metaphor now well, but chasing the waves for for uh, the hit is good, but f- success as a creator is not measured by waves. It's measured by it's measured by distance. It's like the difference between surfing a wave, which is facing inland, and sailing across the fucking sea, which you hit a lot of waves, but none of them matter until you hit the coast of the other fucking continent. And, like, that's the journey you're going on. Don't pay attention to the people facing back to the to the coast. <laughs> They're there to just, you know, throw down some rad hang tens and all that surf lingo. <laughs> it's like, focus on the big picture. Keep pushing for, the, for <laughs> your big journey. Yeah. So, I guess, I guess what that means is... Uh, if you're going to get into a hobby, don't be a surfer, be a sailor. Yes. That's perfect. I love that. That's my whole that's my whole new life thing. Not it's more about being a sailor, not a surfer. Um, yeah. I think we're going to call it at that. Yeah, I think, I think don't we... be a surfer, be a sailor. Work your ass off, but don't Compare your uh, your sweet ass to those other sweet asses. Your ass is great. We like your sweet ass. <laughs> and keep going. Find your motivation. Find your purpose. Define your success by your uh, expansion of your craft based on your purpose, <clears throat> not the waves. Trey, you have any last remarks, words of wisdom for our young listeners? Um. No, I would say open up your freaking uh, music program, whatever it is. Just throw down some stuff. Stop listening to us. Take a break. <laughs> go make something. Or, or if you're any creator, go record something outside with a video camera or photo, photo thing. Your phone. Your phone. Uh, write something in your blog. You don't have to finish it. Just start it. The minute you start it, you've succeeded. That's the biggest hurdle is just getting there. Do it. Go do something. Uh, share it with us if you want. Please share it with us. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to, we would really love to hear if you have any questions. Send us a voice message on Anchor or shoot us a little sweet message on Twitter or Instagram. Um Our links are in our description, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, This is Nick and Trey.
on our podcast off the record with and Nick and Trey with Nick and Trey is actually what it's called and we will uh, chat with you next week thank you so much bye 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 This is off the record, right?